Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, don't forget to check out the food blogging forum style community that we started over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Finally, there's one place that we can all convene and talk and that isn't scattered all over Facebook. Here are the things that I am loving about it. It is free. It also allows for categorized discussions on all food blogging topics And there's a category for sharing successes, aka self-promotion. So no more holding back about discussing your big wins and things that you're promoting. Also, everything is in one single spot. So no hopping around from group to group. And there's an amazing opportunity to network and really get to know your fellow food bloggers in a single place. So come join the discussions that are going on over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Don't forget forum.eatblogtalk.com. Okay, food bloggers, have you heard of Flowdesk, the new big email marketing rage? This is an amazing new option for managing your email subscriber list. It is super easy to use and it comes with gorgeous, intuitive drag and drop templates. And Flowdesk does not charge based on number of subscribers. So your monthly rate will stay the same from month to month. Everyone pays $38 a month or use my affiliate link to get 50% off and pay only $19 a month. You guys, this is a fraction of the price of other email service providers, and you'll be blown away by the beautiful and intuitive templates waiting for you inside. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. Flowdesk, the stunning new option for email marketing. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you, food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and your lives. Today, I will be chatting with Amanda Spackman from callmebetty.com, and we will talk about meal planning and meal prep for work-at-home moms. Amanda is a registered dietitian, and she helps busy moms reclaim their evenings and sanity through meal planning and meal prep. She believes in from-scratch cooking, but Amanda also believes that by creating a repeatable system for meal planning... Moms are able to break the cycle of overwhelm once and for all and finally start fulfilling their dreams. Amanda especially believes that work-at-home moms, like food bloggers, can unlock the potential of their business by figuring out the mundane question, what's for dinner, once and for all, and use that brain power to accomplish their big ideas. Amanda, I'm very excited to chat with you about this topic today, but first, give us a fun fact about yourself. Okay. Um, thanks so much for having me, first of all. And a fun fact about me is that I am obsessed with all things vintage and retro. My dad always told me growing up that he was convinced that my soul is older than his and that we'll find that out in the next <laughs> life that I'm actually older than him. And that was actually some of my inspiration for my blog as well. I kind of have like a retro look and feel to it. Oh, that's interesting. And I actually checked out your blog and I totally caught on to that. And just your name alone, call me Betty. And then 
the feel of the design and everything on your blog has that vintage feel. So that's very cool that you carried that over into your website. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Let's dive into this. I absolutely love anything that allows me to streamline and simplify my life and not only my life, but my business too. And it sounds like you can make a case for meal planning and meal prep doing just that. So would you want to start, Amanda, by talking to us about how meal planning is essential for creating more streamlined, peaceful days and evenings? Yeah. So the thing that I see with meal planning a lot is there's kind of two camps of people. One camp is the camp that's like, oh, no, I'm a meal planner. I do this. And then there's a camp that's maybe not interested, maybe thinks it's a little bit restrictive. So I kind of want to talk to the camp that thinks that they're meal planners and get them to think that maybe there's something something more that they can do. Because this was me for a long time. Like you said, I'm a registered dietitian. So I learned this stuff in school and have always done some kind of meal planning. But as I had kids, I was just finding myself spending so much time in the kitchen, like an hour plus every night, not including cleanup. And I kind of just thought that's the way that it needed to be. And I didn't really take a step back and look at the process of meal planning and think maybe maybe there's something I could do in my meal plan to make my evenings easier. And I think because so many people are already meal planning, they don't think of this as an area that they could improve. So when you're finding yourself stressed at dinner time, I think what you can do is start to look at your meal plan and see if there's something you can consolidate. For example, maybe you use chicken three times in the week So maybe you can take one day and chop all that chicken, marinate it all, and only have to do that once. Another thing I see a lot is, especially those of us that cook a lot, we're using onions in almost every meal. And onions will keep in the fridge easily for a week. So maybe on Monday, you can just go ahead and chop all of those onions for the whole week and you're not getting your cutting board out as much, things like that. So even if you're meal planning, there may just be little spaces where you can find that you can like you said, streamline and be more productive and find that your meals are coming together in 30 minutes instead of an hour. And just the the power that comes from those small bits of time, and especially the power that comes from just knowing that that work is done and the brain space that clears up is really, really powerful. And especially evenings. I think for so many of us, me included, evenings are so stressful. It's so hard for me to get through them. And I always feel like I'm grumpy. And my boys are always like, why are you so grumpy right now? But it's like this, I hit this wall at a certain time in the evening and I just get overwhelmed. Like I have to make dinner and I have to make sure homework is done. You know, you have all those evening things that you have to do. So adding an hour of meal prep and cooking is like insane. So anything that eliminates just even like 10, 15, 20 minutes of that dinner prep would be huge for me. So I loved your idea of chopping onions for the week. What are some other little tips that you have? You also mentioned the meat, like cooking meat and shredding it or chopping it. What else do you have? Yeah. So this just kind of depends on your style. I try to think about proteins a lot when I'm meal prepping because proteins tend to be the most time-consuming part of dinner. So some things I like to do is stock my freezer with like pre-made homemade meatballs. They taste so much better than anything you can buy from the store. And it's it's not really that much harder to make a big batch 
when I'm cooking meatballs as part of my dinner. And that way, when I'm adding to my meals, it's, it's a little bit more fresh, I guess, than what typical meal prep would be because I'm still using fresh veggies, fresh everything, but I'm just throwing in this pre-made protein. So it's super quick and streamlined, but it still tastes homemade, I guess is what I'm going for. Cause I don't love the idea of meal prep that tastes like leftovers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> With freezer burn. Yes. So meat is a great idea. And then what about like sauces too? Because I find that I'm making homemade sauces a lot and then I let them sit in the fridge and then they go to waste. So I think maybe freezing sauces in smaller containers. Yeah. So I keep um, almost always I have like marinara sauce in my freezer and I tend to stick to that instead of the store-bought type. I just make again a big batch and keep those in my freezer and defrost them when I need them. I've frozen teriyaki sauce freeze as well. Almost everything. Dairy-based sauces you have to be a little bit more careful with, but most sauces will freeze just fine. And yeah, you can just keep them in the size that you need in the freezer and use it when you need it. Yeah, that's great. So about how long does it take you to plan your meals and how far in advance do you do it? Yeah, so this is a really good question. For me, I stick to weekly planning there's kind of a big camp out there doing monthly planning right now. The reason that I like to stick to weekly is just because life is so unpredictable. And I like, I feel like I can't know well enough what my week is going to be like until it's that week. So I stick to about a week. I do my meal planning on Sundays. And it's a little tricky to say how long that takes because one of my biggest tips, I guess, is that Meal planning goes hand in hand with life planning. And if your life is not planned, then your meal plan is not going to go well. So, <laughs> good point. <laughs> so, I would say that I spend probably close to an hour, maybe two. But again, this is not just meal planning. If we're just looking at the meal planning aspect of it, it's probably 15 minutes. But it's key for me to take that hour to two hours to really dive into all the details of my week. And then meal planning is the very last thing that I do when I can see on paper what makes sense. You know, so I'm not planning this four course lasagna on the day that we have soccer practice and three doctor's appointments, et cetera, just to add to that overwhelm. So as far as meal planning goes, honestly, about 15 minutes. But again, I do think it's really key that you schedule about an hour into your week where you can really just delve into all the details of your week. So meal planning itself doesn't take you very long. Now, what if you have a bunch of prep involved? Does that vary from week to week, how much time you spend on prepping? Yeah. And this is one thing, too, that I think there's a lot of misconceptions about. I think a lot of people are scared of meal prep because of the time commitment. And for me, it varies week to week. And also, it doesn't happen every single week or it doesn't look the same every single week, I guess is what I'm saying. So a lot of weeks... My goal, or ideally, I spend one to two hours on Monday prepping things for the week. But if Monday's crazy, then it might not happen. And so in that case, I'll spend just a little bit of extra time at dinner time, maybe a couple nights a week getting ahead for the end of the week, if that makes sense. So it's not always quite as clear as, I guess, people make it seem. People are like, nope, it's meal prep day. It's four hours in the kitchen. I have all of my like beautiful stacked up matching containers and they're all, it's not like that necessarily. I would say in an ideal world, I take one to two hours, one day a week to prep. 
But if it doesn't happen, you can still be using a lot of these techniques just in the time you are already cooking to get ahead for the future. I like that concept. I've never thought about that, honestly. But like, say you're making dinner on Monday night and you haven't had time to meal prep, but you're cutting an onion anyway. So you might as well chop the onion for Thursday night's dinner too. So you can kind of stack those tasks together. I've never thought about it like that, but I absolutely love that. So first you have to have an idea about what you're week is like. So that's why you were stressing the importance of sitting down on Sunday or Saturday and meal planning. So you have an idea and then you can kind of go about your meal prep as you go through your week. Right. Because if you don't know what you're eating on Thursday, then there's no way to get ahead for it. Right. Yeah. That's really smart. So what other tips do you have for meal prepping or meal planning? Yeah. So as far as meal planning goes, one of the biggest things I see is that, and especially as food bloggers, your audience, right? I am assuming you all know how to cook. So that's (laughs) the crazy thing is that you'd think that that knowledge would be enough to make this happen all the time. But what I was finding in my own life was that it wasn't a lack of cooking knowledge. It was a lack of maybe other organizations. So as far as meal planning goes, I used to just plan my meals based on what sounded good. And so there was a lot of variation in the proteins I was having and the grains I was having, and I wasn't really consolidating and consolidating is huge. So I don't like to eat the same thing every night. And again, I think this is another one of those misconceptions about meal prep is people think like, well, I'm not going to eat the same thing for a week straight. So I don't really want to get into meal prep, but you probably could take, you know, shredded chicken, for example, and you can repurpose that into a bunch of different meals. Oh, you can so have. many different things. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't taste monotonous or the same at all. So instead of having different proteins every night for the week, I started just consolidating my protein for the week. I still get the variety because we can have chicken this week and ground beef next week and meatballs the next week and pulled pork the next week. But I can use that protein just as a base, and then I can build meals around it. And then I'm only cooking protein once for the week, which is a huge time saver. That's a huge one. Because really, like with shredded chicken was your example, you can do so many things with shredded chicken. You could throw it into a salad or a taco salad. You could make taco. I mean, there's a million things you could do. So yeah, it's not like you would be having the same meal every single night, but focusing on one protein a week is really smart. That's a great idea. Do you use any appliances for your meal prep? So do you use instant pots or air fryers or anything like that? Yeah, I, I'm i pretty old school. I, do, I actually don't own an instant pot, which I think I might be the only food blogger in the world who doesn't <laughs> own it, but I do own a, I do own a traditional stovetop pressure cooker that I use. But most of my meal prep I would say my slow cooker is my go-to, especially as a work-at-home mom. I do have the time to be home, and I just like that it's a little bit more hands-off. But almost everything that you could cook in the slow cooker, you could switch over to the Instant Pot if you are out of the house and you need something faster. But the slow cooker just tends to be my go-to. I use that for my shredded chicken. I will use that for shredded beef. I also just use, this is kind of a funny one, but I like to use a George Foreman grill. For grilled chicken, which I got it as a gift for my wedding. And we actually tried to take it back because I was like, when am I ever going to use this? (laughs) But in the winter, especially, it's super convenient to make 
grilled chicken on. And again, I will often grill chicken and freeze it to add to salads or different things like that. And the, the George Foreman grill makes that doable and quick. So I have a George Foreman grill, so I'm with you on that. <laughs> and I think that utilizing whatever you, whatever appliances you resonate with, I think is smart. Like I use my Instant Pot a lot for making rice or eggs or, you know, things yes, like I that for the week. Yes, I use a pressure cooker for eggs too. Yeah. It's amazing. Life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is life-changing. So how do you feel about outsourcing meal planning? Because it's one of those things that's kind of tempting to offload. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I recommend making your own meal plan, at least for a good solid amount of time for several reasons. The first reason is, and I've tried the meal planning apps, like I get the appeal. But the biggest thing that I noticed is that even as these apps get better and better, and they're trying to allow you to bring your own preferences in, I just found that every time I would see, oh, but we don't like mushrooms, so we got to switch that one. And oh, or I don't have time this night for this. By the time I had rearranged it to fit my life, it would have made more sense <laughs> to just make my own meal plan anyway. <laughs> and the second thing is, is that meal planning, if you're not doing this already, it's kind of a big, it's a big step, I guess. And when you start using an app, all of a sudden, the types of food you're eating are going to change at the same time that you're trying to make this change of how you're approaching your evenings and how you're approaching cooking in general. And that's just really overwhelming. So whenever I'm talking to someone about meal planning, I recommend that they start with what they know. So they're starting with the meals that they're already eating every night anyway. Even if they have goals to eat better or to have a more well-rounded diet, it's a lot. It's a big change. So the best place to start is with what you know. And then as you get comfortable with these principles and you're starting to meal prep and see what you can do, then you can kind of start to introduce new recipes. But like I said, those meal planning apps generally are kind of throwing a bunch of new recipes at you at once. And after one or two of them doesn't work out or you don't like a few, you'll end up giving up a lot quicker that way. That's a great point too. And something that I wouldn't have thought of, but yeah, like if you're having to not only change up all of your ingredients, but also your schedule, that is a lot to deal with, especially if you're already overwhelmed by dinner time. So take what you know, use those ingredients until you're comfortable, and then maybe start looking at some meal planning options. But it's so tempting though, right? Like you see those things pop up or food bloggers offer it too. Like I will plan all your meals for you. And it's like, oh, that sounds so nice. That sounds great. But really, I mean, maybe down the road once you're a pro at it, but I like the idea of just starting with what you have and what you guys eat already and going from there. So talk us through some mistakes surrounding meal planning that people can make. Do you have some of those for us? Yes, for sure. So we've already gotten into a few of these. One of the biggest things that I see, and this is a huge problem for moms in general, and something that it's kind of my mission to overcome is, is an all or nothing mentality. So let's say it's 5.30, 6 o'clock, the day's been going crazy, you're exhausted, and you're like, I can't do dinner. I, I can't do this. It's not going to happen today. Call your husband or get in the car and go pick up food or pick up a pizza. And it's kind of this idea that if I'm not going to be able to like sit down and make that meal that I planned, we might as well just go out. When in reality, there's so much you could do and there's nothing wrong with 
you know, having spaghetti that was not on the menu, but you have all the things for, or making pancakes or anything like that. So one of my biggest tips for people is to actually create, I like to call it a dinner time emergency plan, because as much as we meal plan, life just, life happens sometimes. We can't, we can't get around that. So I keep a list on my fridge of things that we have the ingredients for that I can make with my eyes closed. So that when I'm already feeling stressed and overwhelmed, and I know that the dinner that I have originally planned isn't going to happen, I'm not adding the stress of like, okay, let's get everyone in the car. Let's go get something to eat because I, my brain can't think about what to eat. It's all already written out on the fridge. And I'm like, okay, so we have this, we have this, we have this, we can make dinner happen. And even if it's not your original plan, it's, it's still a plan. And you can kind of contingency plan around the fact that, you know, you're a work at home mom and things are crazy. And it's better than pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing, again, we already kind of talked about this is just that people are doing too much. They're not considering how things will work together in their week. And so you're starting from scratch every single night with a full new menu. So that's a big problem. Um, The last thing that I see is a lot of parents feel a lot of guilt around what they're feeding their family. And again, this goes kind of back to that all or nothing mentality, but it's okay to use like some grocery store helps here and there if that's going to help you get to the goal of making your own meals. So, you know, if every single thing on your plate isn't from scratch, it's still better than what you were going to get from the drive-thru. So it's okay to kind of take shortcuts here and there as you need them. That's a great one. I feel so much guilt a lot of the time because I'm not making beautiful, healthy, homemade meals. But doing the grocery store hacks, as you call them, is so much better than driving through Taco Bell or wherever. So I love that. But guilt is like a big one for moms. We feel I I feel like meals and guilt go hand in hand for most of us, unfortunately. Yes. Sadly. Yes, sadly. What else do you have for us surrounding mistakes? Uh, again, we've talked about a lot of these, but one thing that I see so much is that people try to plan their life around their meal plan instead of planning their meal plan around their life. And again, I think this kind of goes back into that mom guilt a little bit that someone doesn't want to write on their meal plan like, oh, we're having grilled cheese tonight. That feels like <laughs> it just feels like it's not enough to moms. Yeah. And so so instead you'll plan something more elaborate that's just not realistic. So I guess just being realistic in where you are is totally okay. And you can make a balanced meal with grilled cheese, have your tomato soup, have some fruit on the side. And, and it's like society that's telling you that that's not enough. You know, like, if you break down the macronutrients of all these things, like it's really not going to be a whole lot different than your from scratch meal that you made. There's just so many, so much, such a stigma around this home cooking that everything needs to be perfect. And your meal needs to look like you know, it came out of an episode of I Love Lucy. I don't know, like, that's just this expectation we all set for ourselves. When if we just were realistic with ourselves and what our life looks like when we're planning, we can feel a lot more peace when we go to prepare it because we plan something that makes sense. That's a great point. I get this all the time. Just being a food blogger, I think people assume that I'm making these great meals every single night. And I don't. I I don't. I mean, I make food during the day a lot, but I don't make huge elaborate meals for my family. 
And actually, my husband does most of the cooking, and it's just like not at all what people perceive it to be. And I have to let go of some of that because when I tell people that, when I correct them, they almost look at me like, why? Like, what's wrong with you? You're a food blogger. You should be (laughs) cooking every night. But um, yeah, it is. Guilt is a huge one. And I think that just having that grace with ourselves and planning grilled cheese for Thursday night is okay. Throw in some apples and peanut butter, whatever you need to do to spruce it up. But it's okay to do that once in a while. So I think as both parents and food bloggers, we can use all the tips we can get for working smarter in the kitchen so we can open up time not only for our lives and our evenings, but also for our businesses. Do you have any secrets for us on that along those lines? Yeah. So this is actually, this is huge for me. I've been food blogging for several years and this is one of those mindset things that I think all of us entrepreneurs and work at home moms are constantly kind of trying to overcome these hurdles. And basically I didn't realize how much the mental energy that I was spending on figuring out what to eat, on eating, on cooking, etc., was was really like just blocking out any brain space for creativity. Not to mention that as moms, we are dealing with you know, our children's behavior, we're dealing with getting our children to all of their activities. There's so much going on in our brain. And the thing is, is that food, it really doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that complicated. And I was, I was making it complicated. So as I started kind of discovering all these tricks and hacks and implementing them in my life, I was shocked at how much brain space opened up. And the biggest change I noticed is that Suddenly, I was able to put my kids to bed at seven. I have little kids, so I know for a lot of you, my kids are still really little. But And at that time, the house was usually somewhat clean because I wasn't destroying the kitchen every single night with cooking. And I just felt so much more peace that suddenly, where before I was going to bed completely drained and exhausted, and it was really hard for me to work. And for those of us who work at home, we know, especially with kids, We're really having to find those pockets of time in our day, you know, working at nap time, working in evenings, waking up early to work. I just really couldn't afford the exhaustion that I had at night. And by figuring out these ideas, I guess, I really was able to open up that space for my evenings to be able to work again, which was huge. And for the first time after I kind of figured out the system I was able to become consistent with my blog. I was blogging every single week and doing all these things that, you know, again, we had been feeling like I should be doing for weeks or years and was able to actually make it happen. I love that. Yeah. So like one seemingly small change, something that you think can't really impact much can impact so much. I've seen that time and time again in my life. So yeah, let's hear your, let's hear your nuggets. So I think the biggest thing for work at home moms is, You've got a lot to fit in, but the wonderful thing is about this privilege that we have to work at home is that you do have the ability to, I guess, break up your schedule a little more than someone else could. So one of my biggest things, and this is especially true if your kids are home with you during the day, is to just shift your meal prep to a different time of day. So even if you don't want to prep things in advance, if that's not your style, you know, for a whole week just start preparing for dinner at like 11 in the morning. 
if it's 11 in the morning, my kids will go play in the playroom. They'll sit with a puzzle. But like four or five o'clock, we talked about this at the beginning. I don't know why. It's like cranky hour for everybody. <laughs> so why is that the time that we're taking to make this meal and put it on the table? So in the morning, it's easy to, even if you still want your, your dinner to taste freshly cooked, there's things you can do. So you can, again, chop up all those onions, carrots, etc. Let's just take, we'll, we'll make an example like you're making a soup. So you can chop all your veggies in the morning. You can get your chicken going in the slow cooker or even just get it trimmed and ready to go and sitting in the fridge if you want to do instant pot or something else. You can measure out all of your spices into a little container. I like to call this method the create your own box meal method, you know, like the HelloFresh type. Oh, yeah. Meals. Just kind of create your own little kit and then at dinner time, grab it out and just hurry and put everything together. You don't have to measure. You've done all of that in advance in the morning in a time when everybody's happier and when everyone's brain is working better. And then in the evening, it's all the stuff that's just kind of on autopilot. So I think that's really big for work at home moms is just shifting kind of their schedule to work in a way that's better for everyone in the family to get that meal prep done. So that's one of my biggest tips as a working mom. That's a great one. Do you ever do freezer meals? Do you freeze your like pans of lasagna or anything like that? Okay. Yeah. So there's several different types of meal prep and freezer meals is one. And I think it's, I try to combine a bunch because I want as many tools in my arsenal as I, as I can have. So I will freeze meals often. And this is another tip that I haven't shared. I feel like I'm just like throwing all the good. No, do it. That's great. um, (laughs) I, I have a rule for myself that I almost never, I never make like a single batch of anything because I know that I don't have that kind of time. The exception would be something that I can't freeze or I can't, I can't keep safe for an extended amount of time. But we kind of talked about sauces. So if you're making teriyaki chicken for tonight, make four times the sauce and you have four almost made meals in your freezer. So I'll do different things. Sometimes I'm freezing components of meals so that I can put them together or combine them with fresh things for a complete meal. Or other times I will freeze like an entire lasagna or an entire quiche, et cetera. And in that case, I usually would just double my recipe on the night that we're having it. And then suddenly I've got two meals instead of one. That's great. I like the idea of doing separate components and also together components. So you have options and I don't think that, I mean, speaking for myself, I just don't think through that all the time. And I will throw a sauce. I don't either. This, <laughs> it's not as intuitive as yeah. it seems really obvious when, when you say it out loud, but it's not. It's not something that we think about a lot. It is. You're right. Like you talking through it, I'm like, well, duh. Why, why would I meal yeah. prep at five when I could do it at 11? But it's, yeah, it's like something you just have to, I think, be really intentional about and maybe even put it into your calendar, like as if it were a task for your blog. Meal prep at 11 from 11 to 11.30, that's only 30 minutes of your day. And the amount of stress that would save me at five o'clock is massive. Uh huh. Yeah. So just taking some of these keys that just kind of stand out to you and incorporating them into your schedule. So you mentioned that you have young kids at home. Mine are a little older, so we have our different set of struggles in the evening. But what are your best tips for getting through the crazy times of day when you are trying to make meals? And even if you have simplified and you have everything prepped, it still can yes, be stressful. Still crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I do try and really 
be realistic in the way that I present this information that it's so much better. But the reality is, is that there's it's crazy. So crazy. In life. That's, yeah. That's just like, but, um, so I have a couple tips. And again, I, I don't have a lot of experience with older kids and it. I'm sure there's a different struggle, but with young kids in the kitchen, my biggest tip is to fill their cups before you get in the kitchen. And this is so hard for me. And I think hard for many moms when you feel just pulled in so many different directions and you know there's always something to clean there's always a blog project to work on there's always something to do that it's hard for me to just sit and put my phone away put work away and play with my kids but this is the biggest thing that I can do to to ensure that they're going to then allow me the time that I need to get something done And it doesn't have to be a lot of time, even just taking 15 minutes to sit down and be really present with them and play. And then, you know, explaining that it's time for mom to get in the kitchen and and do some work. So that's one thing. Another thing that I'm really big on is that I really want my kids to be welcome in the kitchen, which is, is a huge challenge at their age now. But I always, I typically will start meal prepping with their help and they're little, like I said, so their attention spans don't allow them to do a lot, but I'll start out, we'll go get to the kitchen and I'll say, Hey, I need eggs. I need kale. I need et cetera, et cetera. And that's really fun for them to go gather up all the ingredients for me. And, and that's just an age appropriate task. If your kids are older, you can be assigning out, you know, different age appropriate tasks. So I'll start out with them doing that. And then I like to kind of lead into some kind of independent activity. But one thing that I'm really, again, big on is having them with me in the kitchen. So I break my rules and I allow them to, you know, bring whatever toy or whatever activity I want with me right in the kitchen. So they'll be playing with their Legos on the kitchen floor or on the table, they'll be coloring, et cetera. But it just helps me to have them right there. So I can, first of all, break up any tiffs before they (laughs) they get too big, but also so that they feel like I'm there with them, even if I'm a little bit you know, working yeah, on something else. Distracted a little bit, but yeah. And it also sees or it also allows for them to see you working to put a meal together. I think that's really important too because uh, a lot of times I'll be completely disconnected and they're like, Oh, where did this come from? Like they had no idea I was even putting a meal together. So yeah. I think that's really <laughs> important for them to connect. Like mom is working hard to make sure we have a good healthy meal and this is what is required and what goes into it. So that's really cool that you have them there. And I also have to say, you mentioned like filling up their cups beforehand and that being directed more for small children, but that goes, that applies also for my boys who are, they're nine and 13 and same thing. And so this doesn't change from age to age, but I notice on days when I'm in the kitchen and I haven't given them my attention first, they are much more needy and they're much more crabby and like they just need that. I feel like kids need that anyway. Like after a long day of school, I like to literally just put everything down and go sit with my boys on the couch. And that's all we do. We sit there. We'll just like tell jokes and and that fills them up for a very long time. And it fills me up too. Uh, absolutely. Yes. I think that's important to know. <laughs> yes. But I loved that pointer. So do you have anything else for just tips for making it happen with small children? Yeah, I think really what's key here is is kind of having grace with yourself. But I have a struggle with this idea. I feel like it can be really hard to draw the line between 
giving yourself grace and also working for a better future. Because I feel like sometimes we take the grace too far and then we give up. But we also can take the, you know, work, 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 work too hard until we work until we're completely burnt out. So I try to give myself grace and to think about, again, what we talked about, what's realistic and what I can realistically expect of myself and of my children. And then I like to look at, you know, but what could be better? What can we improve? So as you're looking at your meal plan, your diet, et cetera, just look at, think of one of these tips that you can start. Is there one thing that you can start doing today that will make your evening better? Whether that's cooking a little bit earlier, whether that's keeping some things in the freezer, whether it's simplifying your menu and not having a 10 course meal every night. Just look at one thing and start with that and see how that starts to improve your life and the peace you start to feel and then maybe look at something else until suddenly it feels like your meals are just on autopilot and it's not something that you're spending a lot of mental energy working on. Meal prep, I think those two words tend to elicit the thought like it's just daunting. Like it tends to make people feel just overwhelmed instantly just hearing the words. So I love your ideas and your passion for just starting with one thing and not focusing on the whole big picture, but just like, you know, what is one thing I can do to make improvements in our dinners, in our evenings, in our meals? So also to kind of go along with that, I think meal prep, when people hear it, also associate it with dieting. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so I'm a dietitian, so I I am a supporter, as I think everybody wants to be healthy in some way, but I'm very anti-diet and anti uh, the feelings that that invokes in most of us. Like I I automatically kind of shudder when I think about it. So (laughs) um, it frustrates me a little bit that I feel like they have kind of this monopoly on on meal prep that it's like, no, it's, we're going to strictly control everything that's going into our bodies and it's all in these containers and that's all we're going to eat and food is fuel. That That's not where I am at all. And, and it's funny because I didn't really consider doing meal prep for a long time because to me, that's what it was for. It was, it was for people that were trying to bulk up or to lose a bunch of weight. And that wasn't me. But then as I started to kind of introduce it, it was it was motivated by my need for sanity, by the fact that, you know, I felt like I was drowning and I was like, this is something needs to be done. And the cool thing about it is to me, I feel like, you know, the meal prep industry, the diet industry has kind of just like figured this out that it's like, oh, you can lose weight or and you can be a lot healthier. And that's the thing about meal prep is I can almost guarantee that the quality of your diet is going to improve when you introduce meal prepping and meal planning because most of us, the unhealthy things that we're eating on the regular, it's not because we're like, you know, we didn't write that on our meal plan. Like, yeah. no one's like, yeah. and I'm going to eat a Snickers at, you know, no, like that's, <laughs> those are the things we're, we're doing to cope with the feelings of stress and overwhelm and not being able to manage our lives. So as you start introducing these principles, to me, the, the diet aspect or the weight loss you might see, that's like a really cool side effect. Or you might notice that you're saving a lot of money at the grocery store all of a sudden, because you're not just randomly. I used to buy so many snacks for my kids. It was like, oh, we need the goldfish. We need the, like, it was like, I think motivated by stress. Like, oh no, I have to have something to be able to like shove in their mouths at all times (laughs) to like keep them happy. But then all of a sudden when my days were planned out really in detail. I was like, oh, no, I don't need to buy goldfish. We already have like 
this snack scheduled in and this snack scheduled in. So like, they're fine. We're fine. I don't need all of the things to make our diet work because I knew I had an expectation. I like how you worded that. It's a side effect. So yeah, losing weight and maybe not getting all the snacks for your kids and also saving money at the grocery store are all great side effects of planning and prepping. So that's a great way to look at it too. So do you have anything else for us as far as just like quick tips? I was also going to ask you about meal prep containers, what your thoughts are on those and whether or not you use a calendar, but you can kind of answer those along with anything else you have to wrap up. Yeah. So as far as a calendar goes, I, I've tried a lot of different systems. What I actually have, which I wish this was visual because I could show you, is I have put my weekly planner basically on my wall in my bedroom. It's hideous, but <laughs> it makes our family function. So I just, it honestly looks like a planner, but I've just laminated it. And that's how I plan my meals and my days. And it's really helpful to everyone to just be able to see not only what's for dinner, but what we all collectively have going on. I'm more of a visual person. A lot of people are more tech-based. There's an app, which I'm sure a lot of bloggers probably use, but I use Evernote a lot for meal planning because Evernote, it's basically like notebooks within notebooks. So it's kind of like you're creating organization binders digitally. So I'm able to keep recipes in there. I'm able to keep all of my notes for what I need to meal prep for the week. So I'll use that a lot as well. So I kind of use a combination of both electronic and physical. Okay. Yeah. For the actual planning process. But again, I think this is something that I don't usually, I don't like to preach my way to people, I guess, because I think that there's so many different tools and options and it really depends on your personality, how you'll actually get it done. But I think the key is just that it's really important to schedule the time to get it done. How you schedule it isn't important, but scheduling a time to plan and to prep is really important. Um, as far as meal prep containers, I'm actually still, I'm still kind of working out my favorites. I use mason jars a lot. I love that they are cheap and yeah. sturdy <laughs> um, glass. And so they'll keep the food pretty fresh. Glass tends to keep the food a little fresher. I also, and I can include a link to this, but I use these like restaurant containers you can buy on Amazon. I think they're technically disposable, but you can also wash them. So I'll use those a lot for things like if I am chopping onions or any other veggies throughout the week, I'll use those because they have a bunch of different sizes and all the lids go on the same side. So the top is the same on all of oh, them. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a dream. Yeah, it is a dream. <laughs> so those are really great for lots of little things and I keep those in my fridge more, but they're not great for the freezer because they do, I have put them in the freezer and they'll shatter. So if they get dropped or something. So I tend to prefer glass or even just like Ziploc bags. I'm actually in the process. I'm really interested in the reusable like silicone bags, but I haven't tried them yet. So we're using a lot of Ziploc bags and things. So nothing crazy. You have most of it in your kitchen. And again, I don't think that containers should be the thing that stops you from getting started with meal prep. Whatever you have that can hold something and go in the freezer is just fine. Most people have some sort of method for holding food. Yes. So start there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, before we say goodbye, do you have anything else that you feel like we've missed that we should for sure talk about? I think this has been a really, I think we've had a great conversation. I think yeah. we've talked a lot. Again, the biggest thing is to 
give yourself grace, but to start somewhere and to make some change so that you can start feeling more peace in your life. Well, I can tell you, I've circled a few things in my notes that stood out to me, and I don't always have things that just leap out to me through talking with guests, but I had a few things I'm just going to tell you. So the sauces, freezing them individually in containers that you know you're going to use, I'm going to totally start doing that. Also, I'm going to steal your emergency dinner plan because there are so many nights when I'm like, well, let's just throw in the towel and go get something because I just feel sunk when I don't need to. I can always make pancakes or eggs. Like we can do a breakfast dinner. So I'm going to use that. And then also creating your own kit. So meal prepping during the day to kind of create your own dinner kit is a great one I'm going to steal. And then I just loved your words about having grace, but also working for a better future. So working with what you have, but working toward making things better. And then also loved what you said about Meal prep being an opportunity to open up mental space for so much more. And I just had a visual of your evenings and how the simple act of planning and prepping has made your evening so peaceful. You put your kids to bed at seven, you're not doing crazy cleanup. And just that one little act of planning and prepping was able to do that for you. So I love that. So thank you, Amanda. You've for sure inspired me today a lot. So I just appreciate you being here and sharing all of your nuggets of wisdom with us. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. I've, I had a great time chatting and my overall goal is to just make moms feel more peace. So I hope that I've inspired someone to feel a little bit more peace. Well, you did for me because moms can always use peace. I feel like, right? (laughs) Yes. Well, before you go, do you have anything additional as far as favorite quotes or words of inspiration for food bloggers? Yeah. So one of my favorites is just the quote, a dream without a plan is just a wish. So I know you all have big dreams for your business. Um, You all have big dreams for your family. So just get out there and make a plan so that it can happen. And I don't even know who to attribute it to. I Googled it and it's attributed (laughs) to a bunch of people. So someone said that one, someone smart. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Um, Amanda has a list of resources relating to everything we've talked about today. And those can be found on her show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash call me Betty. Amanda, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. Yeah. So I... Like you said, I'm at callmebetty.com. I also have a free Facebook group that is facebook.com slash planned and prepped with Call Me Betty. And I get in there often. I do Facebook Lives every other week showing meal prep ideas and tips. And I also have a free mini course that you can get on my website if you go to callmebetty.com slash subscribe. And that's the five mistakes that most people are making with their meal plan and how to fix them. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here, Amanda. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.